This episode is powered by denmeditation.com with locations in Los Angeles that normalize meditation and make it available to all. The meditation is the primary focus. The bigger goal is for people to understand and love themselves, thus creating more harmony in the community at large. To find out more about Den Meditation's teacher training programs, retreats, and all things Den Meditation, go to denmeditation.com. Welcome to Den Talks Podcast. This is Tal Rabinowitz. I am the founder of Den Meditation, and I'm sitting here today with Megan Wallace-James. She is a feng shui consultant and a modern version of it. She actually came to my home and did some amazing stuff. She's incredible. She's also a single mom making ends meet, so she has a really practical approach to feng shui. If you have any interest in like design or things you can be doing in your house to kind of elevate where you are in your life... This is such an awesome episode. I mean, we really talk about everything. She tells us little things you can do, whether it's pops of color. And it's also very easy and practical. She talks to us like if you're looking to attract the mate or the one, what are probably some of the obvious things you're missing and you're not even making room for someone. Everything kind of boils down to who are you, what works for you, and how can you make the energy of your space work for you? And so again, it's practical. It's not trying to learn a whole new language. She's amazing. She's adorable. I really hope you enjoy this episode. If you like what you hear, we have something awesome coming for the new year. So Saturday, January 12th, we're going to do a whole Feng Shui for 2019, how to call in abundance into your life. Again, it's going to be at the La Brea location, Saturday, January 12th. It is bound to fill up. She's really awesome. And you'll have Q&A. You can bring your, you know, a floor plan of your own apartment or house or wherever it is you live, and she will really help you make it work for you. Look, big changes happen for people. People end up getting pregnant. People, if you want that, don't worry if you don't. (laughs) People meet their mates. People's careers take off. So this is really cool, energetic stuff. Hope you like the episode. I'm actually sitting here with Megan Wallace-James and I'm jumping in like that because I know she's a little nervous, which is hilarious (laughs) because she's the cutest thing ever and so amazing at what she does. So the fact that you have any nerves in any sense is crazy to me. No, but you're so good at what you do to have any nerves at all seems insane to me. No, I just, you've built this beautiful business. You asked me to come in and partake in it and I don't take that lightly. She's also very sweet. (laughs) Um, So I met Megan a few months ago, longer you're just like, Until wow. your mom doing a business, you actually have no clue. You're across the street getting like glitter on your... No, of course. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's a lot. It's a lot, you know, and you're trying to do it all. It's hard. We can talk about that too. We should. Um, hey guys, I'm here with Megan Wallace-James, who's adorable and cute as a button. Um, feng shui ex- expert. Why am I all of a sudden tongue-tied? Feng shui expert, modern day which I really want to get into because, and by the way, if you could see her right now and you'll have to clean pictures, I mean, <laughs> she is so adorable and hip and cool. I mean, you really have taken a twist on this whole ancient study. So how does that even start for you? I mean, it's just unfolding in real time. And and the nature of being a single mother is I needed to monetize it. So it's just this thing coming through me. I say that my modality is my daughter. I'm just getting to know her. <laughs> As I get to know her, um, my background's in project controls, engineering, and fashion design. And then feng shui just hit me like a lightning bolt. And I felt like it was a way to take all these things that I have years of formal education and experience doing 
and then put it through this modern lens. But talk about how it hit you like a lightning bolt because it started from a personal place, correct? It did, yes. Uh, we um, moved from New York City to Los Angeles like everybody else five years ago. <laughs> And bought this big old house and immediately started renovating, which wasn't, I didn't, I didn't want to do that. My now ex-husband was, I just thought we need to get to know this house. We need to know what she wants, where do things go? And he just looked at me like I was crazy, but I was really searching for a given set of parameters for how to do what, which tells you everything you need to know about my personality. You're very organized. But I'm always, you know, I studied design at Parsons, but then I became a stylist. I feel like I like set parameters. I can work magic within set parameters. And there were no given parameters for this renovation. But you also seem to have this weird instinct that you were like, I want to know what this house wants. What does she need? Who is she? Exactly. And that's different. That's not set parameters. That's like a weird intuition of connecting. to. That's my spiritual side that fights with my, you know, type A engineer. But let's chat about that because that's fascinating. And is that the part that kind of surprised him? He's like, what the fuck are you talking about? What do you mean? What does this house need? That part got unlocked when I got pregnant with my first son. I have two sons. And that's when I always say, I think I knew my marriage was already over because I became this whole different I was this like young fashion girl. And then all of a sudden I walk out of Ralph Lauren. I'm the baby wants to go to Marfa. The baby wants Reiki. The baby, you know, and I was just me and this baby were kind of going all over to these. So wait, before you had your baby, you weren't really in any of that space at all. No. Not even like for your own self. No. And I mean, I think I've always been intuitive, but it was like channeling the zeitgeist for trends to fulfill my design matrix. I mean, that's maybe as out there as it got. And, and the, <laughs> the guy I, I was designing for Billy Reed and, and, you know, the pieces I would really fight for that he would say wouldn't go would then be, you know, we'd see in, in Vogue. Those would be the editorial pieces. So they didn't necessarily sell the best, but they would always be on the zeitgeist. So I thought maybe I should be a trend forecaster. Right. Cause clearly you were on point. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just reading the energy of people, spaces, time. But I, I was in my mid-20s. I had never owned a home. I had been living in cities for the last decade. So space wasn't really on my radar. And then you had a baby. And so yes. like, how did that change? Like, what did what changed for you in that sense? I don't even know. I just felt like I, I was just a different person. I mean, I wasn't even trying to get pregnant. And then we were, we got married and then we took a while. I was doing fashion design. He was in event production. We were really busy. And then we went to Africa for our honeymoon. And I started having these really vivid dreams, what I now call like knowings or downloads. And they were as simple as you're pregnant, stop drinking wine. (laughs) And we went to, you know, the health clinic in this African safari camp. And I, and I, you know, the tests were positive. So you actually went, I love it. You had the dream. You're like, I need to go get tested. Oh, I stopped drinking wine. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's your honeymoon. You're like rosé all day, but then I, you know, listened to it. And then the downloads started coming really fast. So I don't know. Like what other downloads were you getting? All sorts of like leave, leave corporate fashion. Um, I had inklings about my marriage, but you know, I wasn't. And I just all of a sudden was on this whole different path that involved creating space. But what do downloads look like for you? Were they I always guess, dream form? No, they're um, they're kind of claircognizant knowings. I don't hear or see things. I mean, I, I I read signs, but they're just things that all of a sudden I quote unquote know. So like you could be standing here looking at me, having a conversation, and does something just pop in your head? I always have some form of 
legal pad and pen on me because they just come through. They'll, God, you're so cute. They'll come through <laughs> dreams. Um, they'd probably come through. I, I just just know them. And I never know when I'm going to know them. And um, like today, this is a whole other story. I drove a huge pickup truck here because um, I bought my dream car and two people hit it while it was parked the first week I had it. Oh my God. <laughs> so I get this knowing that you're taking on too much abuse. You know, you need better boundaries with your life. So instead of the car is cursed or whatever, I just all of a sudden knew I needed to put better parameters on uh, certain things in my life. And so I set them up and then I went to the, I'm rambling. I, what, no, I, tell, not, I tell 10 different by stories. By the way, you're not rambling story. at all. Okay. And, and that's what I'm here for. <laughs> what parameters did you put up? So you got this knowing of like, I need to put up some bounds. I know we, we get into it here. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, can, can, can I get sued for what I say? But you just change names. You know, I've been, <laughs> I've been divorced for three and a half years. My yep. ex-husband is already remarried and I still feel like I can't breathe sometimes with just the onslaught of communication. And it's all around our children. Right. But is it? I mean, like what? So it's like learning how can you respect, how can you put up healthier boundaries in that regard? Absolutely. Where the boys come first, but then there's no other noise. Because my whole, I mean, it's been three and a half years and I'm kind of like, maybe I'm ready to date. I've just really taken my time with this. My boys were so young when we split up and it's been them. And then six months ago, this consultancy was a download. This whole thing just came into, I never thought, I still get like weird that I'm doing feng shui. I'm like, what are oh, you I love doing? It. We're going to get all into what it. What are you doing? But now I'm this your academic. So the, the boundaries were huge because I've always wanted the car I just got. And I have an intuitive car consultant who's on my Rolodex who helped me find the perfect one. And I, you know, her name came to me. Her name is Iris, which turns out Iris is the messenger of the Greek gods. And she most predominantly worked with Hera, who's the goddess of hearth and home. Uh, Isn't that cool that yes. that's the name she picked? Well, anyway, she got beat up last week. So she's at the shop. She's fine. I don't have to pay a dime. And instead of like for a split second, I was like, oh my God, this car is cursed. Why did you get such a nice car? What are you doing? And then I was like, flip it. What is this really trying to say? Because it was hit both times when it was parked legally and I wasn't in it. And there was something about that where like this is something. not your fault, Megan. But you also don't need to be a receptacle for anything anyone wants to send your way. You can put in boundaries and, and that doesn't mean you're neglectful. So when did you put in the boundaries and then how On does this Sunday. connect to the pickup truck? On Sunday. On Sunday. Good. And it's been, a. I just have felt so safe and centered this week. I, it's like my body's like, thank you. Well, why did this take three and a half years? Because you needed to buy the car to get it smashed up. I love it. You know? Oh my God. And they're like, we're going to make her good as new. And now everyone's calling her Iris. The guy calls from the auto buy <laughs> shop. He's like, Iris, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what's funny is my, um, I have only had two cars and I'm 42. Um, I just buy a car and I keep it forever. Like, I know. That's I my love thing. that about you. So my Prius is now 13. When I got this car, I was like, tall would think this is ridiculous. No, I think I look, I'm all for everyone should uh, do what they want. I, right? I'm just not a car person, but people who are car people or love it should absolutely do that. And then I yes. say, if you're a car person, do not buy a car because you'll be miserable in three years. Right. I don't give a shit. So for me, it's perfect. But I remember how excited I was to get the Prius because I'd been in my Civic for nine plus something, <laughs> whatever. I was in the Civic for a long time. And I was so excited. I was so beaten up. And I was like, finally, I'm getting a new car. And I yes. bought it. And I yes. was like, 
And I remember I was at a dinner. It was after, and by the way, I worked in entertainment and I'm not joking. All the assistants had nicer cars than me. Like I always just drove a crowd. And even with my Prius, everyone had a nicer car than me. But, um, I was at a dinner. Los Angeles culture. Yes, exactly. And the car was coming up from the valet and my the person I was with and the fellow exec was like, oh my God, you got in your car. I'm like, I know, <laughs> look at. Uh. And there was a huge dent in the front and I'm talking like day six, same oh, thing. Oh, I know. And by the way, and of course no one took responsibility for it because it was like a valet situation. So it was on me. So expensive to fix. I'm like, well, fuck that. I'm not fixing that. I'm so, leaving it. And then like the pressure's off. And that's kind of what I was thought the lesson like, for me was, which was great. I mean, it's part of the reason you own a car so that you never have the pressure of this. And you might've gotten to attach the newness of this thing being like, oh my God, it's new. There's going to be a dent. There's going to be a ding. And honestly, yes. also I had a big ass dent in the front. I was like, all right, here we go. And I just waited exactly. until, I mean, I've had it for a long time. I eventually got into an accident where I could fix it. So like, I know. And, and with both of these people, they, one left a note and then the second one didn't, but they hit the same panel. So it's all taken care of. Oh my God. Of. So lucky. So you set up your and parameters. It just, and it just reminded me to flow with it. And both of my kids, it's funny when the, the first boy fell and like has a permanent scar on his head from a bad fall when he was one. And then my second guy fell and knocked out a tooth. So I'm like, just maybe everything I love most in the world has like a, a little ding. <laughs> and by the way, in everything anyone loves has a ding. Nobody's yeah, perfect. No. no one's flawless. No. So that happened. And so I was at the car in the guy who, you know, his wife, her oxygen tank. It was like this whole sweet story. They left a note. They set up a rental for me. I went and they had this little Nissan Altima. And then I saw this huge, like dirty gray pickup truck in the corner. And I was like, that's what I want. I love it. And all the young guys working there were like, we... Yes, that's what you need right now. And it's just something about taking up space, doing it safely, doing it respectfully, but driving this massive thing the same week I set the boundaries. Like, this is what my modality is all about. It's like, where do we find these trains of thought of mythology in modern living? And not to get, you know, way out there with everything means something. I don't actually believe that, but I do think there are these mile markers where we can play into play into stories that can really empower us and just make, remind us that life is a game and that it's just meant to be um, enjoyable and interesting and filled with growth as opposed to, you know, being so upset that your, your car was hit. It's like, no, what am I supposed to hear? But this is what I love about you because you really are very organized. Like you said, that's the way your brain works. You're organized. Mm -hmm. You like parameters. But you have this depth to you of wanting to tell these stories or understand meaning. So you're right. You actually really did come into this perfect combination of Feng Shui, which I want to like get to. So yes. you kind of changed spiritually as a human when you had your child. Yes. Which, I don't know if it was opening up, reclaiming body. You know, we, we come from, uh, most of us come from chaotic childhoods. But to be, you know, a mother for, I always say I'm a young mom on the coasts. I'm not a young mom in the middle of the country. Funny. But, you know, to be uh, 27 and pregnant in New York, that was kind of young and I wasn't really prepared. And so I just left work one day at lunch break and literally walked home. By the time I got home, I had a whole list of, you know, I was never someone who had a birth plan or had any ideas about what I would, I wasn't even sure I would have children. So that pregnancy was really like, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to be a mother. What kind of mother do we want to be? What's this baby looking for? So it was like, finding a midwife to deliver a baby in Manhattan in August, which is <laughs> not easy, you know, getting into the birth center and then just kind of walking and detoxing and visiting wild spaces. I was up at Columbia listening to all these lectures from the landscape design department. I thought, 
Maybe that's what I'm supposed to be doing. Maybe there's this whole field of nature playgrounds where you literally just position trunks and logs and, you know, let the kids play naturally. There's no swing sets. There's no synthetic. I thought maybe I'm supposed to design. I just went so on this were, whole tangent. It sounds like you were really attracted to things that were like natural and about action within the space, whatever it was, whether yes. it was like your landscape, whether it was a kid's playground, that's all about. Firm boundaries and absolutely wild in the middle. Yeah. That's and, my how, whole and, and how using it can affect the people who are in it. Absolutely. And how do you let kids discover who they are? How do you grant a child? Not It's not yours to grant, but how do you um, enable inherent freedom as opposed to a lot of this? And, and that to me was why I think I was drawn to natural birth. Like I use drugs in the real world. It was not about... <laughs> right. It wasn't about that. that. But it was like, let's just let this baby do it the baby's way. And then if I'm supposed to, you know, get an epidural or a C-section, so be it. I'm not against, you know, I was raised by a doctor. I'm not against Western medicine, but let's just let this kid do what he wants to do. And so for you kind of changing, was that really hard on your marriage? I mean, obviously you said you were getting downloads right away that maybe you shouldn't I be in I think so. I, I, I definitely think so. There was this moment like right when I first started showing, we were in bed and I just looked over and I knew... It wasn't right. He just didn't even seem, I was just now like the mother of his child. Like there was not. It, you were about to say he didn't see me. And I feel like that's uh -huh. such an important thing to say because yeah. I feel like when relationships aren't great, mm -hmm. that's almost the primary complaint is they don't know me. They don't see me. It's like they might and, physically talk to me. I might be right in front of them, but they don't right. actually see me, my nature, who I am, my purpose. Oh my what gosh. I yeah. Do. I'm like, not going to cry, but yeah, that was Feel exactly <laughs> it. And it was like, he was coming to the hypnobirthing classes. He was, you know, trekking uptown to this lone random midwife that would deliver this baby. Um, and he was doing everything quote unquote, right. But when I was like, I want to go to Marfa, I want to go to Savannah, I want to go upstate and just like be, these are not glamour trips. I was just like kind of wanting to be in these wild landscapes. He was like, yeah, sure. Go. But he was, you know. He didn't want to be part of it. He didn't want to actually understand you. He's like, what's the plan? Like, what did, has Ralph Lauren called? Or, you know. You, right. Like, what's going on here? So it was like this whole other thing of, I'll always support you. I want you to be, you know, this free that spirit. Of you. Right. And then when I was the free spirit, it's like, well, what's the contingency plan, you know? Yeah. No. And that's stifling. Right. So then how did Feng Shui come into your life? So we moved to Los Angeles when our son was one and bought this bought beautiful house, old yeah. house and started ripping it apart without really, I didn't feel like a plan. Right. And you didn't and know her at all, as you said. Didn't know her. I didn't know the history. Now I'm always telling my clients, like, you're going to buy a house. Talk. What happened in that house? Who are you buying it from? What's the imprint of the home? We didn't do any of that. Uh, now I know the whole story because I've dug into it since. But um <laughs> I started studying Reiki because during my first pregnancy, I was drawn to get Reiki. So I got pregnant again right away when we moved to Los Angeles. Again, like, I don't even know how I got pregnant with this baby. But all of a sudden, I knew I was and went and got the test and, you know, eight weeks pregnant again. So I started craving Reiki again. I thought, well, instead of, and I didn't get into the LA fashion scene yet. I was kind of, quote unquote, project controlling this, like, hat haphazard re renovation um, and started studying Reiki. And on the Reiki reading list, there was this book that um, my Reiki master was like, I think you should read this book. And it's called Move Your Stuff, Change Your Life by Karen Rout Carter. 
and I read it, but we were on vacation. I got so excited. I couldn't enjoy the vacation. Um, we were at some event for, for my husband's business in Jamaica. And all I wanted to do was get home and like see if somehow I could imprint the Bagua on this house and what meant what. And I just went, it was just, that was it. That was the thing. So then I found the author and she was living in Southern California and she came to the home and she did a consult. I ended up studying with her and she really, I like to say I can flip the switch in people to get them to interact with their spaces differently. And that's absolutely what she did for me. And so I'm really... What did she say about your house? (laughs) Basically, I was 20 weeks pregnant and um, we're like fighting during the consult. He's like, why did you pay $750 to have this woman? You know, like, what is this? But he wanted to be there and she was just like, there was this one part where we're in the master bedroom and the closet I was using didn't have a handle. And it's, you know, those 20 homes and it, I wanted to find the, the crystal handle that matched the rest and I didn't know where to go. And long story short, no, no closet handle. And she <laughs> said to me, Megan, do you feel like you have a handle on life? And I was like, fuck no, <laughs> no, I don't. And by the time he, he like gave up on, you know, this, um, consultation and left and went somewhere. We got out to where I had set up a studio and um, she said, what's what's the work plan? And I said, I, I don't have one right now. She's like, well, you got to get one. So she didn't say what she knew then, but she was basically like, she's like, get a job, learn how to support yourself. Get ready, you know? And I was, so I didn't hear it that day. I knew something wasn't right, but I think it was a few weeks later where I was like, Oh, <laughs> that's what she meant. And, it, you know, it's a, it's a weird feeling uh, to have a, have a two-year-old and not even a one-year-old and be pregnant in this home and you're just like, shit. Yeah, my whole life might change. Shit. But I've never been afraid of change. And so I did start. I never thought it would be feng shui, but I just started networking as much as I could and really reaching out to the New York community who had, you know, who knows who and just starting to hit the ground running. That's so crazy. Mm-hmm. So how, talk about, like, you do have a very modern take on feng shui. Talk a little bit about it for people who don't understand it at all. Well, I like to say it's equal parts, intuitive, energetic, and aesthetic. And that means something different in every house. Um, I don't believe in superstition. I don't want to, I don't want to be a proponent of things are right or wrong or broken. And so I use the Bagua to just empower people in the way I even like. And the Bagua is like... Um, it's this it's energy a map. map. It's a classic energy map of the home. There's a bunch of different... We'll have it on our site too if you guys want to go look at it. Beautiful. There's a bunch of different modalities with feng shui. I ended up studying with Karen, who's very westernized. And then I thought, oh, you know, I'm so mathematical. Maybe I want to do the Eastern school. So I took courses through uh, UCLA's interior design program, actually, with an Italian architect. And I just felt, and hers was all based on astrological calculations of birth dates. And and then I just really got to, well, I'm not Chinese. I wasn't raised in this. Um, if it's based on birth dates and everyone in the home is going to have different auspicious directions, and then people are like, why am I even doing this? You know, where where's my head supposed to go? And then I just thought, you know, Karen used to say, well, this is just, it works. So why not use it if it works? And so I started again, never thinking I would, I would, uh, practice this, but I just started experimenting with friends and family and it worked so beautifully. And it was very empowering because anybody can figure out where their front door is, where do they walk in? And then they know, oh, if I walk in and I go to my back, right, that's my left corner. 
oh shit, that's my laundry room where I keep my laundry <laughs> and my trash and it's missing a piece. And, you know, again, nothing's, nothing's wrong. We can, we can remedy that. But then I never wanted to, where I, I think I differ from a lot of Western feng shui practitioners is I would never tell you to like put a crystal there or, uh, I don't use a lot of, um, symbols or things that are, you're very practical. Yes. Which I love. Yes. And I feel like, and I think that's, what's really great. I mean, like when you walked through my house, cause you were amazing. It's the same thing. It felt very practical. It felt like everything. And like you said, the intuitive part of it too, is just, it's a very intuitive knowing of like, that's a mess. Clean it up. Why do you think that's not working? Like there's it's clutter. Not it's stuff that science. No. no, but I mean, and you had yeah. great ideas, but it really was, I mean, what I liked about it, like you said, it's something that you can understand. And I feel like if energetically you understand it, energetically it helps. Exactly. You know what I mean? Which I loved about it. And then we get into self-worth. And so if you're, you know, our, our visual environments, everything, whether or not we think we're really seeing it, our, our cells, our subconscious is seeing it. So if you can reinforce order and beauty and harmony, you're going to start to feel those things. And so it, it's not, I always say our, our goal is not that we have the most beautiful organized house ever because that's not what everybody it's needs not, or wants. Right. And Some people do. That way. Exactly. My but friend Tammy, it, if she's listening, she <laughs> is one of the most organized people and I'm the opposite. <laughs> but if you're, if your environment's reinforcing that, you know, you are whatever and that's I do a whole intake with my clients. It's very tailored to what are we trying to cultivate. So if you're single and there's like room for one everywhere and these like sad, sexy, single girl art pieces, you know, <laughs> that's not subconsciously reinforcing partnership. So do I think that magically we're going to enforce partnership by putting up a picture of two people kissing? I don't, but I think there's a way to stack the deck to then you can start to believe it and raise your self-worth and take divinely guided action. And so like, so if your environment is evoking the positive manifestations then you will start evoking the positive manifestations, which will hopefully then bring it back around. Yeah. It's definite piece of it. And this is so where I like really about, need to like sit and write out, you know, I, I have a book to write about this, I but I, I haven't written the book yet. So it's still just this like kind of Vague. It's it's so multifaceted. But if we can really have the house support you, and you're so supported and safe in your environment, and it's tailored to your needs and your growth pattern, right then, then well, talk about the first few things you said. Easier. It really started to work. So, what was working for you? Talk about the first few things that way. Well, what happened is so after you know that funk, and I think feng shui can hit fast forward on whatever's already happening in life. So. I had my consultation at that old home and then, you know, the baby's born. And then a couple months later, I'm nursing our baby in bed and he comes home and, you know, we're getting a divorce and this is my house. And, you know, world explodes, you're kicked out. Yes. And I knew it was coming. So, and I just thought, you know, if you get an out, take an out. So, and I had no idea what it would mean to be a single mother or, I mean, Any your baby's literally under a year old. Six months and two and a half. Yeah. Yeah. So then I had this tool of feng shui, again, just playing with it. It made me feel in control. And so we moved three times the next three years. This is the first fall I haven't moved with the kids. <sighs> and I was like, so excited not yes, to move. Yes, of course. But activating these homes and then seeing, you know, 
what would shift with the children and their play. And, you know, I'm simultaneously dating and who am I attracting and what's happening with work. And they were wildly different in all of these homes. So then I got into home numerology and uh, it just really formed my modality, which is really all about giving yourself space to feel and room to breathe before we start to layer things back in. So I was living very, very minimally, which is easy to do when you don't have a home and someone keeps all of the possessions. <laughs> but I turned it into this kind of opulent mind hack of if I just have house plants and, you know, six place settings from Heath and I designed this Japanese tatami bed and then the kids had, you know, lots of choice and all the things that they need. But living in that emptiness and then playing around with, well, if I put the plants here, if I put the furniture here, if I do this, everything just, I just started to be able to see patterns in the homes. And, um, and then I was doing it with other people and, you know, they were meeting life mates and conceiving. And, and again, what's the tipping point that is feng shui, or I never say like, I'm the reason she met her man. It's not that, but if that you know, it often happens right after. So it's this really right. beautiful. You're like, but I am. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no, I don't. You don't know. Because often, you know, a lot of people I work with are total seekers and they're trying all sorts of different things. Right. And so, so let's just, I, I just call it stacking the deck. Let's just stack the deck. And what if we do, you know, have this watery flowing feeling when we first enter the home versus, you know, mounds of hooks and bags and stuff. What would that shift? And what does that do? And then I'm really in dialogue with my clients. So we're kind of real-time tracking these algorithms and archetypes and patterns. And I'm, you know, just totally so into gathering the data. And you mentioned numerology. Which, yeah. So talk to me a little bit about that and how that works with homes too. And did you feel like you kind of finally got it for... And does that... And you'll talk more about it, but does numerology depend also on who the person is or is it separate? Is it about the house identity? I keep it pretty simple. I'm just looking at the the home's numerology and I reduce the numbers unless it's a master number of 11 or 22 or 33. And they do have certain correlations. I have a lot of clients with fives right now and five. And I also read the tarot. And so I look at kind of what the numbers mean in tarot and the suites and then you know, just taking a lot of data and see what sticks. But so here's an example of five is halfway. So you're, if you picture a bell curve, you're at the top of a bell curve. So you don't really know where you came from and you don't really know where you're going. And so being in a five house can be a little bit topsy-turvy. And a lot of times people are a little bit tired, a little bit stagnant because there's that tiny bit of fear just to step forward and start to move downhill or to step back and fall back to where you started. And how do you get to the five? The number of the house, you add them all up and then reduce it down? Exactly. So if it's like, I'm trying to think of how you get to a five. So I'm actually changing. Um, I'm so not an internet business, but I'm going to do this thing where if you opt into the newsletter, you get this whole series of home numerology. So you can figure out what your home is and what it means. So Amazing. that's one of my little projects going on right now. So soon everyone can I love this, but learn. it's fun. Yeah, it's totally fun. And it doesn't always, you know, it's not always 100%, but you're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Like sixes are really great for family harmony. Eights are classic with abundance. I like fours for a foundation, you know, literally four walls. But I was sitting next to someone on an airplane, um, a a woman from China, and she was saying, in um, Mandarin, four sounds like death. So they're terrified of four homes. And I've been like pre- 
I'm all about for homes right. and foundation and they can be really good for people who just need to kind of set up these healthy boundaries. So I'm really like, this is we're what- an eight. So eight's good, you were saying. I'm in an eight and- and I'm, on I got, eight, and I'm on a street with an eight. I told you, you were all eight. Right. You said that when Everything's, you walked in, but now I get it more. I'm like, oh, now I get it. So much <laughs> abundance. And um, I had a healer say to me, you're never going to move your house. Like you're just, in, I'm in this little apartment, but it's an eight. It's everything about it. He's That's like, great. you're just going to be there forever. Is that part of the reason you chose it this time? Like, did you yes, get Yes. I was up? looking at all fives and then I was like, no, I need an eight. And so, and then like, the eight came to me in this really magnificent way. And so I was like, okay, this is it. No fives. Not that fives are bad, but they all just, they just, but again, you're already, it's you're another in space. point. You're like, I don't need to be in the space of uncertainty for where you were. Exactly. Well, we had a very sudden move last October. And so we had like, within a month, we had to find a new home, get out of a lease, pay for a move. I mean, it was right. just chaotic. And then this kind of gift of a rent controlled apartment fell into my lap. And then they were like, it's unit eight. And I was like, done. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. It was amazing. And, and so you've seen these changes in your life and now you're starting to see them in your clients. So let's talk about like some things that are just obvious, like for people, like clutter is a big one for you, right? Well, yeah. I think anyone who practices feng shui, they, they start with, you know, clutter clearing. And I say it's, well, we all want love and abundance. And if there's no place for, for more, what does that mean? Hey, sorry to interrupt. I want to talk about our next Dentox Live. We are so unbelievably lucky. We have Sean Korn. She was one of the first internationally celebrated yoga teachers. You know how we know everybody on IG now? She was literally one of the first that everyone started talking about. And she is just known for activism. She actually started off the mat and into the world. And since 2007 has taught so many leaders of activism to bridge the gap of injustice around the world. She's incredible. She sells out wherever she goes. So this interview is going to be great. It's January 24th. That's a Thursday night at 7 p.m. Don't forget what comes with that. I promise it'll be an in-depth conversation. Also a Q&A for you guys to have your own chance to talk to her and a personal practice. And don't forget, when she practices, she sells out. So this is a really unique opportunity. And per usual, we'll have some wine and cheese, snacks and drinks afterwards so we can all mingle and just like hang out. This is incredible. I can't express how lucky we are to have her. I hope to see you there. So so what if you're, let's say you're someone who's creative and you're having like a block, like Mm -hmm. you want, you're, you're desperately trying to crack something open, whether it's in your business or on a script or what do you feel like are things you should be looking for? I just start cleaning. (laughs) Literally just like move your body and get in dialogue with your home and just start to, to clean up the messes. Like writer's block. I I've been writing a lot lately and if I just hit a point, I'll just go do the dishes and take out the trash. And then we can start to look at, you know, the Bagua and like major epiphanies with correlations of, you know, what's in your creativity area or, you know, those types of things. But um, I don't know, just clean up your outer world to clean up your inner world. It's just kind of, doesn't that make sense? Yeah, for sure. And like, what about, I know you were hinting a little bit, if you are someone who's single and you really want a relationship, what are also things you can do to your home? And you hinted a little bit, like make sure yeah. the sad, like photos of the wall. Well, is there room for another person? Is there physically room for another person? Because a lot of times when people have been single for a while, it's just set up for them. And they say, oh, well, when I meet my man, we would never live here. Well, maybe sometimes he's going to come over and like cook dinner with you. So where is he going to sit? Do you have a parking permit? Just little things where it's not fake it till you make it. Cause I tried that right out the gate with the divorce. And I, you know, I got into big trouble with it. I'm really not into that, but at least create space for opportunity to come 
Like a big thing, I have a lot of people whose desks are right up against a wall. And I'll just say, who's supposed to sit, who can sit across from you? You know, there's literally no room for someone to come sit at your desk and talk about ideas with you. Move the desk. Let opportunity have a place to come, have a view, be in a power position. And that subtle shift can change a lot of things. So as someone who, are you big on like every spot of like how, whether it's a tiny apartment or a huge house, is it every place you look should kind of evoke something for you? It just depends on what's going on. Like I was with a client yesterday and she and her husband are in newlywed bliss and they're in a (laughs) tiny space and they're, you know, maximalists from Texas living in a small space. They're not supposed to be super dialed in and have every, you know, that's just not who they are. We just have to make the space work for them where they have enough room to be together, have some friends over and get their work done. And they're already on the path of, you know, cleaning up student debt and saving to buy a house. It doesn't need to look like a minimalist masterpiece. Right. But if, you know, it's just so case dependent. And that's really where I I just love the private practice part of it. And there are, you know, you could read a million articles about feng shui and things that are good and bad. And I'm just always, it depends. It really depends. For me, I, I like everything to be like empty and clean and purposeful and beautiful. But that's what makes me feel really good right now. And, and you know, maybe in a year or five years, I won't need it to be because I kind of have it as easy as you could have it right now. It's just me and my kids are little. But also what I found interesting, as you were saying, when you started doing feng shui for yourself, you were very minimalist because your whole life changed and you didn't right. necessarily even have the funds. So and I didn't isn't... want to take any of that divorce energy with me. Not that it was offered up, but I just thought, why would I want my marital bed in my new cottage. That just didn't make sense to me. But also like what I'm getting at is you don't need a lot of money to make these changes for yourself. No. And I think that's that's something really important for that. Thank you for, you know, I want to, I want to say that I think feng shui gets a bad rap as being really elitist and you need a lot of money to make these changes. I launched this business literally because I needed to feed my kids and I was just not going to work for anybody else again. And and it's just taken on a life of its own. And there's so much you can do with just, uh, you know, start by just cleaning and really looking at the emotional triggers of things. And often um, I'm really into conscious consumerism and why are you going to bring something in? And if you can't get the thing that you want right now, then live without it. I have like a a handful of clients living without couches and they're actually kind of obsessed with it. And they're like, <laughs> why do I need a big couch right here, right now? You know, and the kids and I are, on pillows on the floor, cuddling up, and it's just really grounding and healthy, and it's such a good reset. So your point and, is like, don't do placeholders. Wait and get the thing that you actually can get. Yes. Why? What do you think the placeholder does? It's just another thing that doesn't mean anything to you. It's like so many people have so much to get rid of because they just say, "Oh, sure, the it was it was half off, or she gave it to me, or you know, they didn't need it anymore," and then. The homes are just at maximum capacity. And then you look at these, you know, global trends going on with everybody's in debt and all of this, you know, disease and illness. It was just, we have too much of everything. Just let's just breathe and let's just be and let's listen to our space. Let's listen to ourselves. Let's. You're also saying like everything should have purpose might not be the right word, but connection. Like there should be 
something you identify with it. Otherwise, why is it in your life? Why is it taking up space? Yeah. Is it useful? Is it beautiful? Where does it come from? What's the story of it? How does it make you feel? And a lot of times it's just granting permission of your aunt was really, really mean to you. And every (laughs) time you see that chair, you think about that. And your husband doesn't think about that. And he likes the chair, but I am so anti holding on to heirlooms if they mean nothing to you. Like I'm, so I get it. Like my husband, I get in this argument and he, it's hilarious. Like, I'm like, you know, I see where you, I think I told you this, (laughs) right? I'm like, cause like sometimes his dad will send like a whole box of stuff that he has no connection to. He doesn't even connect it to his dad. If he connected it to his dad and was obsessed, different story, but it's like, it's just something his dad picked up somewhere. He doesn't even connect it to his dad but he'll feel guilty. And I'll be like, we're not keeping this. Like no one, yes. and, and I'll laugh. Cause I'm like, I know all your hiding spots. I know what I like. I'm the only one who doesn't anything in this house. Right. I know exactly <laughs> that they're in here, here. It's hilarious. And I'll, you know, a lot of times, why do people give things to you? Oh, that's Ivan. Because thing. they don't want them anymore. It's not like oh. this family gem that, you know, and I'm all for and- keep stuff that means something to you for exactly. sure. Exactly. But I have that too. Cause on the other side that happens too. It's like houses get cleaned and all of a sudden we have like a ton of shit. And I'm like, wait, why am I getting someone else's garbage? Because mm-hmm. now I have to clean it and that takes time. And I want it out of my life eventually too, because clutter drives me crazy, even though when she came over, she's like, clean this, clean this. I'm like, no, I know it no, drives no. me crazy. You have a beautiful home. No, but I mean, I'm with you. It drives me crazy. And I was at the point when you came over, I was like, it's been three years of you know how you feel like every year you kind of do like a cleanse almost. There's like a day you go crazy and you just clean everything. Yes, this at practice least one is day. very pagan, and I always say don't do it unless you're called to do it. And then all of a sudden, no, you, know, you get called and you can't stop. It's exactly. like usually like a whole weekend of your new just, plateau. Nicole's been going through it too. Who's sitting oh, yeah? here? And I always say once you're called into it, it's like it's you almost like stop. mania tunnel vision, and it's the yeah. best. And I always say take advantage of the tunnel vision because once the energy is over, like you're kind of like. Meh. <laughs> and I liked. I like people to do the work when they're in alignment because then we're infusing that positivity into it versus, um, you know, someone was like, well, if you're mad, clean out your closet. And I'm like, no. Because then you make the wrong decision. Don't do that. Yeah. Right. But for me, it was like, it was three crazy years and like, I never had a chance to do it. And to watch like the stuff build up, it does. It makes you feel like, oh God, we're, it's so wasteful. There's so much crap. And then yeah, everything starts to feel like you said, cluttered and messy. And Mm -hmm. same thing. I sort of feel very disorganized. So you're, it's, it's so interesting. But that's what I love. She came in. She was like, let's clean. And we cleaned together. It was amazing. Yeah, we just took, there was like scope creep. Everything had gone into your bedroom and we just put oh, yeah. it. My Because chi- all my child stuff ends up uh-huh. in there, everything. And a, so something, a very simple thing someone can do, or maybe it's not that simple depending on how you live, but everything, if everything has a home, then everything can be put away. And then we don't have these piles. Right. So if you bring something into your life, you know, give it a home. Right. I love that. I'm very, I'm very big on homes and roles too. Homes and roles. So if we go through this Bagua map, are mm-hmm. there basic things people can do? Like if they have it in front of them, are there basic things where it's like, hey, at least try and have something like this in this area or pay attention to this? What can people learn from this? Well, one you could say like is an area of the, the home missing. A lot of us have, um, you know, we don't have perfectly rectangular floor plans. So if something's missing, counterbalance it. So if, you know, love was missing on the home, let's let's counterbalance, let's go to wisdom and let's stack it up. But kind of a, each gua gets so deep into like time of day and uh, family relationships. I just listed a general color and a material element. And I think that's a really good place to start. So if you go back, 
You walk in your home and you go to the back left. That's abundance. Abundance is long-term wealth, by the way. It's not your everyday money. That's family. But if you go back to abundance and it's cold and sleek and filled with metal, well, metal chops wood. Why don't we pull some of the metal out? Why don't we put in a growing tree? You know, uh, everyone loves these fiddle leaves, although they're terribly hard to take care of. But I know um, the, honestly, the one at La Brea Denton is insane. It's like a monster. It's does like, it have its, it's own like caretaker? Seymour. No, I don't. You know what? I feel like might have happened. I have to double check. We did like a crazy clearing early on and we buried it in that pot. And I'm not joking. It's like, and we actually don't know what to do with it. I've been like, I need to find someone to come and cut it back because it's taken over the front desk. People, it's blocked a whole entrance. Oh, amazing. And they're very hard to take care of. It's not crazy, but anyway, keep well, going. Leave Total it. sidebar. Leave it alone. Um, but just color and material element is a really good place to start. And in some of my consults, we don't even really factor that in so much. But if you are like, I just want to get in there and start to look at the symbolism in your art. You know, if back in abundance, you had like, um, I had I had a client who had all this huge photography of um, 9-11, like right after it happened in abundance. And right. I was like, can we not put it here? Not put it here. You know, like, let's always remember, but let's it's not so remember funny, right here. Because looking at this, I'm laughing. It's like the family for me is right in my kitchen, which mm-hmm. for you, you have wood and green and my entire kitchen's green. And like, there's so much wood in it. It's and that's hilarious. your everyday money comes from family. That's enough to pay the bills, and, you know? <laughs> Good. Hey. And Earth, I remember you pointing out, I have a big, huge photo that I I actually took like 20 years ago of camels like in the Sahara Desert. Your art was on point. That's what you kept saying. You're like, your art is literally exactly where Tall would literally point. have a water <laughs> picture in Life Path. By the way, not knowing any of this. And legacy. Right. It was really funny. You're like, yep, there you go. That, you're right. Because in the Life Path, I have the canoes in the water. I know. <laughs> it was, I, it was, I thought like maybe you... Secretly, no, like did not. So say those were those were flip flopped. Even just changing those artwork would have been helpful. Would have been helpful. And and again, I I I always. And when you're talking color, like the, does someone have to color a wall, or can it be as simple as adding elements or pops of color? So I was with a with a client this week, and they were sleeping in abundance, but it was very. Um, there was nothing to hold on to, so we just wanted to layer in texture and color and make it feel more opulent literally give the energy something to hold on to. So it can be as simple as that. But, you know, don't, um, like, don't freak out and start painting walls different colors. But yeah, just introduce some element of warmth in the warmer areas. Um, the Zoe Report just asked me for, like, tips on choosing your bedroom color. And it's, you know, is it in a cooler part of the Bagua, cooler colors? Is it in a warmer part? Does it feel soothing? Could you sleep in it? Is it sensual? Um, and often what feels right in a given part of the house matches with this. I'm just staring at this. This is so interesting to me. It's crazy. Now, this is about the house, not about the property. You can overlay it on the property, the house, a particular room, a piece of furniture. Oh, so you so can it's also really do micro to macro. Room. And what about like second floor if you have a second floor? I follow the same imprint as the first floor where the front door is. And sometimes it will switch the orientation if the family's always using a different door or I just had to, it depends. But often, you know, based on your first floor, it goes up, 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 up. And what was I, because we were talking about your abundance of your property versus the abundance of the house. Right. And what about like, are there just 
I mean, this might not be the right word. Are there general mistakes some people make? Like you go into people's houses and it's a trend you're seeing and you're like, it's the one thing I change almost in everybody's house right away. Well, I don't want wires in the bedroom. I think oh, right. everyone's so wired up and um, I just made the decision like, I don't know, a month or so ago to get off social media and I feel not like I was even on it, but just everyone's always on all of the time. And when you're in your bedroom, unplug. Like you would probably all about that with your... Yeah, it was hard. When we moved, you and I moved my phone to the bathroom, which was really helpful. And then that changed. I had to bring it back for a little bit because I forget why. But it's it's so much... When it's in my bathroom, when it's in my bathroom, it's great. But like get... um, But it was really great because even when I wake up in the middle of the night, I don't check the time, which is what would happen. So I'd kind of just fall back to sleep because I'm not a great sleeper. Mm -hmm. So that it was really helpful. Also, I'm with you. Something about the waves by your head freaked me out a little bit. It just all, you know, they, they attract dust and then you're, you're not really relaxing. And so like those basic kind of health and safety things, so many people in LA don't have any, you know, emergency supplies. There's just some like, really, this is where I like, I'm really just a mom or an engineer <laughs> with some things. I'm like, do you have extra water? Do you have an earthquake kit? Can we get all these wires away from your head? Can we, and also this is huge. A lot of women don't create any space in the entire home for themselves. And then they wonder, why isn't my career taking off? Why don't I? Why Why am I so scattered? You know, so you're what do you literally recommend? Scattered. Like, what would that be? Create a workspace for yourself. And that is just for you. It doesn't have to be an entire room. Just this is my desk and this is my area and this is off limits for, for kids or anybody else. And, you know, when I'm here, I'm working. And it's, it's a piece of furniture I feel good about. It's a nice line of sight. It makes sense. Yeah, no, that's... So few women give themselves any space. And then also I'm seeing a lot of people have guest rooms, but they're never hosting. Just really looking at what would add so much life to your life? How do you really use... It's it's rare I think someone needs more space than they have. It's just how do we utilize the space that you do have? I've lived in some larger homes and now I'm in a one-bedroom apartment and I have more than enough room for everything. Oh, I feel like we could all live in nothing. I mean, yeah, everything is a little bit of a bonus past that. But I love that about you. And that's something we agreed because I'm the same way. I feel like if a room doesn't have a purpose, it drives me crazy, which is why the bigger your house gets, the more you actually have to really figure out purpose because otherwise, like, why do you have the rooms? And I'm the same Mm -hmm. way. It's like having a room that doesn't get used drives me nuts. And you're saying part of it too is the energy of not having life in it. Exactly. And I I like people to give rooms names and roles. And there was this amazing study out of UCLA that studied like 20 middle-class Los Angeles families. And they did heat maps of where they were going in their homes. And there was so much unused space. And then everyone wanted to renovate their bedrooms and the outside area. Well, parents are never in their bedroom. Like you're in your bedroom at the very end of the day, right? And it's not maybe what you think it should be, which is why I'm always trying to make the bedroom so sensual and magnificent. So we are reminded that that's supposed to be a part of our daily life too. But then everyone's in the kitchen. And so how do you set the kitchen up to be really useful? And it's so pragmatic. Right. I I I wish it could be, sometimes it's sexy and sometimes it's very pragmatic work. But I think it's sexy in the sense you're helping people get to where they want to go. Yes. And get out of, I don't want you all cleaning and organizing your house all the time. I want you out living your life. And then you come home and the house works for you. You're not working for the house. So 
A lot of the work is looking at rhythms. What kind of support do you need? Who is that support? What's the right support? How do we set that up where it just starts to run itself? And so looking at routine and rhythm and... Talk about mirrors because I know like... You're very big on me moving a mirror and I've heard it a bunch with you. Which mirror did I want you to move? It's like downstairs in a guest room by a bed. Oh, yeah. Because it was just reflecting the bed. Right. Mirrors in bedrooms are tricky because um, they just bounce. So again, you have all these wires and then the mirror's bouncing the energy around and it's just a lot. And classically, feng shui will say it leads to infidelity and nightmares and I don't know maybe it does. If you're having those issues, like take down the mirror and see, (laughs) but it's just too, it's too much. It's bouncing everything right back at you. It's the same way beams are bad overhead because the energy is, you know, it's flowing in waves. So if there's a beam there and you're sleeping right under it, all that energy is coming down and hitting you. So you just, if you could see energy, what is the mirror doing? What is the beam doing? What is the ceiling fan doing? It's not the superstition of it. It's like it's bouncing back at you or it's coming down at you or it's swirling around you. Right. And a lot of this is flow too, right? You just walk in and some of it's feeling of like how things are flowing and moving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love it. What has been your best success story? I had a, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I there's been so so many fun things. There's one particular session that sticks out for me and it was right before I decided to do this. And it was kind of the, the nudge I needed to move forward because I work a lot with wardrobe as well. I wouldn't say it's feng shui, but it's feng shui inspired. And I had a client, she had worked in high fashion in Paris and then she moved home to Southern California to get into the healing arts. And she had to, you know, she was living with her parents and in this one room, And so we went and she was like, how do we feng shui my room? I want to launch a business. I want to meet a partner. And I said, I don't think it's your room. I I don't think you're going to be here that long. Why aren't you wearing any of these amazing, like gorgeous clothes, like the smoking suit? So we just spent hours pinning and tailoring everything where it was this blend between her healer side and her high fashion side. And we gave her this combo wardrobe that just felt like her. And literally within a month, she met the man that she's now engaged to and her business launched and she moved out and, you know, chopped her hair and just really found her, found herself again in all of it. I love it. So. And then that probably makes you feel great. Yeah. And so, I mean, I love the stuff that I'm hearing. It's that's, really, really that's cool. amazing. So let's do your four U's really quickly. Okay. So what's the first thing you do when you wake up? I know your mom, so that might be. Well, I used to never use an alarm clock, but now that my big guy's in kindergarten, I set it for like 5 a.m. and I just get up and um, I, I make coffee. I'm really into coffee. So either the Italian mocha or the French press, real cream, and I sit and I just kind of... It's your time. Feel. Feel what I want to feel. And what is your favorite self-care hack? Mm, and I've got a couple, but... Um, I have a salt burn recipe on my website and it's pretty hardcore and it moves a lot of energy really quickly. It's almost a beautiful meditation to watch it. So if you go to my website, there's a little Japanese fire emblem and you click on that. There's a whole recipe for a salt burn. Ooh. I know. Uh, Inspirational teacher for you. Joseph Campbell's my jam right now. I'm all about him and rewatching his 80s, late 80s miniseries. (laughs) I love it. I know. Type Type of meditation you rely on the most. Mm, walking meditation. I'm really into kind of 
as dusk is falling, walking and um, no headphones, no sunglasses, and really just kind of looking at the homes and hearing the stories that they're telling. I think people ask like, what do I do to learn feng shui? This is my thing. Like just start to take evening walks in your neighborhood and you can read it all. You can tell if it's a happy home or a sad home or cared for or uncared for right away. I was going to ask you, so when you walk into a client's house that you haven't downloaded with yet, can you sometimes tell before they even open their mouth, like what the issue is going to be and what you're going to be working on? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Almost always. Yeah. Like, can you give an example without giving away a client, like a time you walked in and this is what I saw and then this was the issue? Well, I mean, there's a lot of fertility stuff going on out there in the world. And um, again, nothing replaces you know, sound medical advice, but I, I see a lot of um, dead energy and fake energy in, in homes where we just want to infuse life. So fake plants or dried plants, you can just kind of... So you're anti-fake plants, anything not, like that? It just, well, if this is going on, like surround yourself with the real thing and real life. And sometimes when we're so fixated on something that we want and it's not here. There's just a general, you know, like even the yard just starts to kind of droop a little bit. And it's like, let's foster this life. Let's just have healthy living flow everywhere. And I don't know. What about like anxiety, people with a lot of anxiety? You can also tell in a bedroom if people are having sex or not and kind of what that means for marriage and a lot of different things. I right. feel like that's that's one hit I always get. And that's where... Well, yeah, that might be a fertility problem. Well, that could be <laughs> fertility too. It could be, you know, uh, other things. Yeah. Like Anxiety. What? Well, I, I don't know. It's just like sexual energy creates life. And so... And creativity. Creativity. And it's just you like moving. It's like feng shui for your body and a connection. And I think it's a really important element. I like, it's like sex, maybe space style and sex. Like those are the three things I really like to get into and focus on and... Space, mm-hmm. style, and sex. Absolutely. And they what do you... all and- go together really well and they're all infused into the space or, you know, one could be missing. And what do you mean by style? Like someone's personal style or having something that reflects who you guys are? Exactly. Like living for yourself. What is that thing? I had a client send me one of the the couchless clients and she sent me a couch and I was like, it's, it has nothing to do with you. Right. Oh, but I saw it at this downtown loft and I said, yeah, and you don't live in a downtown loft. <laughs> <laughs> so it's beautiful. But like, what do you really want? And that's where I'm like, go shopping in person, get offline. Go touch things, feel things. Do you think people struggle? Do you see that a lot? Like people just not really knowing who they are and that's reflected in their house? Or thinking, I mean, this is part of, I just don't, I don't think social media is healthy and I'm really, I'm not really ready to like rant on it, but there's all these, you know, like this is Venice minimalism and it means that you would only have white walls and one fiddle leaf fig and you would wear a straw hat. And then people are, well, I want to be that a healer and I want to, and so it's, I can tell right away if their home is authentic to them or not. And again, it's, it's no judgment, but like, what do you really want? Do you really want a guest room? Do you really like hosting your in-laws? Yeah, no, you fucking hate it. So this is your office and let's paint it this color. Cause you like this color. And actually that color works well on the Bagua too. And, um, okay. You know, you, 
let's let's take the time and really design a beautiful desk for you and let's pull a woodworker off of the Rolodex and make something magnificent. Her Rolodex is amazing, by the way. Whatever you need, you're like, <laughs> okay, I got this person and that person. Yeah, and it's like, and, and that's part of this empowerment of this work. I don't want to create you know, a legion of people who can't make a move without checking in with their feng shui master. I'm not a master. I'm a consultant and I want you to live your best life and I want you to have all these tools. And, um, I got two people dependent on me. You know, I don't want everyone and you do you, but take some tools. If you want to check in with me, beautiful. And, um, like make it, make it, make it your own, make it your own and make it feel good and make it work for this phase of life. Cause once we master a phase of life, then there's a whole new phase that comes in. Like I just, I was just looking around my, so when I make my coffee in the morning, I just kind of sit and like look and uh, wait for these downloads. And I don't think I'm going to be in my space that much longer, but I don't need to panic and start searching or online dating, or I just feel like it's okay. I kind of set it up. I activated it and now we're going to graduate from it. I have no idea what to, but I mean, that's an interesting point. Like, cause that is what we talk about here all the time. It's like, you do the work do the and work. it takes you somewhere. Yes. But that doesn't mean there's not more work to be done. It's like, it takes you somewhere and then there's a new view mm-hmm. and then you have to do the work again to take you to the next level. So it's interesting that you're saying that even in the homes, it's like, you can use this whole system to help you do the work, figure out who yes, you yes, are. Yes. And the more you know, we say this too, it's like the more you know who you are and live authentically, the better everything is. So yes. your process is part of that too. And yes. then you do the work and it might take you somewhere else. And then even what you do in your house, you might have to support it differently for the next phase. I know my agent was like, you're not Byron Katie. You can't call what you do the work. Cause I just kept, <laughs> it is the work. And, Everything's the work. And sometimes I'll show up at people's homes and I'm like, this is, you're already out of here. And they're like, but we, we, we can't buy that house. And I, I'm like, your energy's not here. You're moving on. Right, you're so gone. let's actually just review, like, what would you actually take with you to your new home? And let's, let's just feng shui your move because you're not even in this home. This that, home has released you. Again, it's like the practical nature of how you approach all this is what I love. Thank I just you. feel like, no, because I think it's so smart. It is about who you are, what you need, where you are in life, what, how to pull out more of your authenticity. It's not about... Oh, you're moving. I don't care. Like, let me charge you and help you feng shui this house to make it perfect. Like, it's no, you're really like, about like, how can I enhance your life? I was just with, I just launched in New York City um, a couple weeks ago and I was with a client and she had booked something and I couldn't see her on this, on that particular trip. She booked while I was there. And so I happened to be at a client 10 blocks away. So I walked over, introduced myself to her and her space and her girls. And we like pretty much found in that 10 minutes, I knew what was going on. And her desk was clear and up against a window. And she had this like magic flute from another feng shui consultant. And she's (laughs) like, so I don't need this magic flute. I just need to like turn around and get a real desk and make this room my own. And I said, yeah. And I said, I'm still going to come back and honestly booked a long session. I said, so do this, let this percolate. And then when you're ready to go to another plateau, I'll come back. But I just want things to work for people and I want really long-term relationships with my clients. So I I don't say anything I don't right. like really believe in. I love this. You're amazing. Thank, Thank you for you. all these tips. They're so helpful. <laughs> and it is really just a way of life, which is incredible. And I had a healer say to me, you need the tool until you don't need the tool. So right now the Bagua is my tool. And I don't know if and when that'll change, but I think that's what's really exciting to be in a time where you can run a very feminine business and just 
let it be and it'll shift as it needs to shift. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you, Tom. Thanks for talking to us and being so open and also bringing in your personal stuff also. I appreciate it. So now Megan's going to lead us in her personal practice. It's a setting the mood self-questionnaire to call in the one. For example, I want to meet my life partner. So I want you to be radically honest with yourself. Are you ready to meet your life partner? So these are some questions. Um, Let's say your perfect partner is coming over to yours for dinner tonight. So this is a questionnaire to see if you're truly ready. Setting the mood. Do you have fresh food in your refrigerator? Do you cook? What is your go-to recipe? What will you wear? How will you style yourself? Do you have a signature scent? When was the last time you cleaned your home? Are there piles of clutter in your corners? Are there piles of laundry on your floor? Do you have any candles to light? Is there a place for your guests to park? Is your entrance welcoming? Where will you sit and enjoy an aperitif? Do you own the proper glassware? Does your dining table seat too? What music will you play? So conversation is rolling. What will you talk about? Are you up to date on world issues on culture? Are you proud to discuss your career? Are you proud to share your upcoming plans? Are you proud to share your family stories? Are you able to calmly discuss past relationships? While the evening is progressing marvelously, is your bedroom sensual and elegant? Does it look like an adult sleeps here? Are your sheets clean? What's on your bedside table? Do you have matching bedside tables? Are there empty hangers in your closet? Do you have an extra toothbrush? And are you comfortable with your body? I hope this leads to an epiphany. Thank you. 10 Talks is produced by Mike Burns, Nicole Rappi, Reem Edon, and music is by Alex Fetter. If you haven't subscribed, please do. And also wherever you listen, please go and leave us a review. It's so greatly appreciated. It really does help us out. If you want to keep talking about all this stuff, please join our community on our secret Facebook page. Go to Facebook, search 10 Talks Podcast, and join us there.